Jesus saves, I want to help us during this time unpack the fullness and meaning of salvation, that it is so much more than just throwing out a prayer and then living how you want to live for the rest of your life, that salvation is so much bigger than that. And when we say Jesus saves, he's not just saving you one day when you die, he's working through your life right now. Let me read this verse for you in Isaiah chapter 12, starting in verse 2. It's right there in the middle of the Bible in the Old Testament. If you want to turn to it, it'll be on the screens also. And it says this, Behold! Nobody wants me to be held? God is my salvation! I will trust and I will not be afraid. Anybody been wrestling with fear? For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. We're gonna be spending some time looking at, through this next collection, Jesus Saves, looking at the book of Isaiah, and then also looking at some New Testament scriptures also. Here's why, because Isaiah is prophesying and he's sharing about the coming Savior, Jesus Christ. That was his job, to set forth, to talk about what's happening then in the time, but to set forth a path for the coming Messiah. So when you read it, now that you know about Jesus, you see it all in there. But at the time, it was prophetic mystery. But now we get to see it. Behold, here comes the Savior. My title for today, if you're taking notes, is Space for Salvation. Space for Salvation. I want to help us make space for salvation today. No matter where you are in your faith, whether you never read the Bible before, or whether you read it a thousand times, whether you've been following Jesus for four decades, or whether you've been following him for negative four days, that means not yet. Space for salvation. We read the text, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust. That's an incredible way to make space for salvation. A lot of people want to believe in Jesus, say a prayer, but they don't want to trust God. I know it seems like that would be impossible, but people are trying it. I watch them and I talk with them all the time. They talk about that their faith is in Jesus, but then when it comes to something hard in their life, they want to lean on their money. When it comes to something hard in their life, they want to lean on pills. When it comes to something hard in their life, they want to lean on friendships. But I thought you trusted Jesus. trust him or we don't. Either is or isn't. And that's a fast way to create space, to make space for the salvation work, for the Jesus saving work to be in your life every day is to trust in God. Sometimes that means walking in faith when you don't know what you're going to do. Being bold at work and speaking up. Starting a new relationship, ending an old relationship doing your calendar a different way, actually keeping a calendar. All those things can be trusting in God, making space. You know, a a way to eliminate space for salvation to work in your life is the very next thing. I will trust in God. I will not be afraid. Fear wants to rob you of the saving power of Jesus Christ because every moment that you're afraid, it's not placing the fear where it should be, which is in the work of God. The world's got us so rattled up All the things in the world are this big and our God is way down here. 
He used to part the Red Seas. He used to heal the sick. He used to do miracles. But now we just sing songs to him and he's somewhere we don't even know. And every once in a while, a blessing falls in your lap and there's your Christian life. It's like, that cannot be it. And if that is it, I don't want any part of it. I would just rather go do whatever I want to do. But I believe that every moment that there's an opportunity to be afraid of what the world has, we choose to trust in Jesus, we're making space for the saving power of Jesus in our life and in the people around us. It says, the Lord is my strength and my song. You just practice that right now, singing songs to Jesus. He has become my salvation. That's a shift for some people in the room. That God has or will become your salvation. He's just not your place where you're going to go get salvation or he's giving you salvation or you're praying, God, God, meet my need, meet my need, throw something down from above and land it down here. No, he is your salvation. He's not the dispenser that pours out your salvation. He's not the vending machine that you put in the right number of dollars each week and then he pops out the soda that you need. Oh, look, RC Cola. Anyone drinking RC Cola these days? Probably not. I'm not. I don't even drink soda, so. Oh, yeah, we got a couple RC Cola fans. There we go. He's not your dispenser that pops out what you need. He is your salvation. He has become your salvation. Not in your desperate times when you're, you're so desperate, you don't just know, you don't even know what to do. So pull out $5, give it to the church, and I better show up on Sunday. I'm just so desperate, I don't know what to do. That's not how the believer is meant to live. The believer is meant to live that constantly we're in Jesus. Constantly our saving power is in Him. Every problem, we run straight to Him. Every hard thing, we go straight to Him. Everything that comes up, every question, we go straight to Him. Because He is the source. Not just when we're desperate, but all the time. I'll talk to you about desperation. My wife last night, it was like 4.30 in the morning and she was so desperate because of the crying baby. It's crying from like around four-ish until around five-ish. So sometime around there, it's kind of all muddy right now. I don't really know. I got the word of God. That's what my brain has the capacity for. I don't remember what time exactly it was last night. And I heard her say, like lean over and she said, I will pay you money. She's offering me money. I'm like, I'm awake already. What do you need? What do you need? I'm awake. I will pay you money to go put the pacifier in that baby's mouth. Bro, I turned out of bed so fast. I'm like, do, 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 do. Boop. Baby went to sleep. Didn't wake up till the next morning. I got back in bed. I said, I'll bill you later. I haven't decided how much. What do you think it's worth, Gina? You know, one, two hundred, three hundred dollars. I would have done it for free. She's not here, so don't tell her. I would have done it for free. You know, she said, hey, babe, would you go do this? But she was so desperate. She's offering me my own money. <laughs> She's offering me my own money to go and put the pacifier in my own baby's mouth. That's desperation. You don't know desperation until you got there. We get so desperate and then we start looking to whatever the nearest thing around is. And the problem is, if we stay near to the wrong things, we're going to grab something we don't have any business being around. 
we're hanging around the wrong friends and we're gonna get so desperate, we're gonna reach out and we're gonna grab the wrong friend and pull them right into our inner circle and start asking them advice on our love life when they're living lost, broke, and hurting. And what's gonna happen with us? They're gonna give us advice that's gonna help us. They can't live saved. And all of a sudden, salvation's gonna come on us? No. Their relationship's trash, and so we're going over to them asking them. They don't got no relationship. They done ended all the relationships they got, and we're going to them trying to like, oh, because we're hanging around the wrong people. We're going to start thinking of, we're going to start thinking of wisdom from Instagram that we saw. Because it was more near than the word in the Proverbs. Oh, man, I read that tweet or that Instagram thing or that thing on Snap. Oh, yeah, it was such a good idea. Like, oh, man. It's now that's guiding us into our future while the wisdom of the living God who saves, who has salvation power. Let me tell you about what Isaiah said about the Jesus that saves. How he's described in the Old Testament. It says in Isaiah chapter 35, 5 and 6, it says, then, this is Isaiah talking about Jesus, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. And the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like the deer. I don't know how deers leap. I'm just jumping. Probably with more legs than that. And the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. This is how he talks about salvation. When Jesus comes to bring salvation... There's water springing forth in the desert. There's water springing forth in the barren lands. What used to yield no fruit, now is yielding fruit. Where there used to be no joy, now there's joy coming up. Where does water come from in the desert? Springs up. Can you imagine you're walking in the desert, it's dry, it's hot. All of a sudden, boom, river just pops right there flowing. This is what Jesus does in your life. If he can be more than a prayer. If it can be more than a desperate booty call that you need, I'm so desperate, I just got to have him right now, and then when I'm done, I'm done. Thank you, God, for solving my problem. See you in two weeks. Wait, I thought Jesus saved. I thought he was our salvation. Let me show you about desperation. I want to take you to Mark chapter 2. Show, show you a powerful story of desperation, I think, aligns with those two passages in Isaiah. He's talking about the coming of salvation. He's talking about how it comes with signs and wonders and miracles. And I believe that when we open up our hearts and make space for salvation to work, we're going to realize it's so much bigger than just getting saved and baptized and living however we want. That It's a life-changing power that's on us. Now to be speaking to others that they get changed. Now to be speaking to others that their deaf ears get open, that their blind eyes see, that their bones get healed, that refreshment comes on them, spirit, mind, and body. Why? Because salvation has come upon you and now you're powerful and working. Here's what it says. Mark chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 3. So right before that, Jesus is preaching. He's like at a house. People are everywhere because Jesus is preaching. They're gathering around so thick. He's preaching the word, it says. You can preach a lot of things. He's preaching the word. When we, when we begin to preach the word, the word, Jesus saves, salvation is in that. Life change begins to happen. 
So verse 3, and they came, this is four friends, bringing to him a paralytic man. Oh, there we go. Carried by four friends. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Four friends, start a journey, get a guy who can't walk, put him on a bed, start going. They're all hyped. They're going to see Jesus. They've been hearing Jesus doing miracles. He's been making, he's been making these incredible miracles happen and been saving people. And they want to go to the tent revival rally, and they want to see Jesus. And they go, and they finally get there, and they're carrying, you know, their buddy. And, and they're getting tired while they're doing it. And so, you know, they, they're all, like, here. And I got, like, the back this side. And, like, after about, like, what, half a mile, I'm like, dude. Stop eating so many Doritos. You're heavy, bro. And like, we had to do like a switch, like go over to the left arm, you know. Like, here we go, and we're going, and we're, we're, we finally get there. And when we finally get there, we're holding our buddy, and we realize we can't even get close. Too many people. So we're like, hey, man, would you mind? Everyone's like, shh, shh, Jesus is talking. Stop interrupting. Jesus is talking right now. So we're like, oh, okay, cool, man. Like, you know. So maybe one of the guys gets an idea. Hey, see the stairway? Let's go up on top. Up on top, what's up there? I got a plan. You, get some rope. You, get a shovel. You, get an axe. You, don't leave Benny. Let's go. They go, they get their stuff, they come back. They take him up on top of the roof. They start cutting a hole in the roof. What are they doing? They're making space for Jesus to work. What was their hope? Was their hope that he would get saved? Was their hope that he would get healed? You can imagine the stuff started falling in. Jesus is down there, and he's preaching a fire word, man. Because Jesus, he's doing like illustrations with water to show him. He's like throwing corn on the ground, you know. To... He's making people laugh because he's Jesus. He's awesome in every way. He's dropping like bomb. People are like, I've never heard of that. What? People probably around are just listening and getting healed. People around just listening and getting set free. They start cutting in the roof. Stuff starts falling down. The disciples, you know how they are, some of you, they're probably getting frustrated. Like, hey man, you're stopping Jesus, the greatest teacher of all time. You're interrupting his incredible sermon. We've been going for five hours on this sermon. It's about to set a record. They start lowering him down. They get him to the ground. Jesus looks at the man, says, your sins are forgiven. The church leaders are around, and they're like, what? Your sins are forgiven? You can't do that. They're thinking in their mind. No one can do that. Jesus perceives what they're thinking in their minds, and he basically says, which is harder? Which is easier? Man, Jesus, always flipping it around. Verse 9. Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk? Which is easier? Which is easier, to go to the park and to pray with someone to get salvation, or to go to the park and make a lame man walk? Which is easier? Which is easier, to pray for someone whose leg is hurting and for them to get healed, or to believe that they're going to get saved? Which is easier? 
In our culture, many times, what's easier is to pray for salvation because it happens a long time from now. If they die and they go to hell, we're way over here by then. And it's like, hey, I can have faith for that. But if I'm going to believe that Jesus' salvation can cover life change, then i got to put someone's faith on the line. Like the four guys that cut a hole in the roof. One of them's looking down. Hey, we're going to find a way to pay for this. The other guy's like, with what money? He's like, go sell the axe, sell the rope, sell the shovel. Soon they're going to be selling Benny's bed. We're going to cash in. We're going to get this roof fixed. We're going to take Benny's bed. We're going to put it on the roof. We're going to use it to patch. We don't need that anymore. But now we're spilling the story here. Which is easier, he says. Verse 10. But that you may know that the Son of Man, that's him, has authority on earth to forgive sins. He says to the man, rise, take up your bed, and walk. And guess what the guy does? He thinks, oh, I don't know, man. If I get up right now on my feet and everyone sees that, then I'm not going to be able to beg over on, you know, Barton and 3rd Street like I usually do. How am I going to get that money? I don't know if I stand up right now, then when I, when, how am I going to get my unemployment? If I stand up right now, then you know what? People are probably going to expect that maybe I was a faker. If I stand up right now, I just watched the church leaders get into a semi-argument with this random guy, Jesus. Now I'm definitely not getting into the church now. No, he didn't contemplate all those things. He stood up. Because the salvation of Jesus is bigger than a prayer. Because the salvation of Jesus goes longer than just one day you're not going to die and go to hell. The salvation of Jesus comes with miracle, working, power, life change, reorientating, shifting, moving, shaking, Red Sea parting, mountain moving power. You can imagine the four friends, they're up on the roof, they start jumping in excitement, roof falls even worse, they all fall through, now they all got to get healed, no problem, healed, 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 just passing them out. He's Jesus. Everyone in the house is getting saved. Except for some, because there were some religious leaders there. There were some that had so much in their head, they couldn't get enough in their heart. They knew so much. They could quote the book of Isaiah. They could quote it. That they knew that the blind eye would be open and the lame would walk. But it didn't fit their criteria. Because it wasn't happening on the terms they thought it should be happening. Making space for salvation means that it might not happen on our terms. Are you okay with that? Are you okay that the miracle that you're praying and asking for and how you're asking God to move might not happen on all the terms that you want? That it might happen in his timeline instead of ours? It might happen his way instead of our way? Are we okay that the salvation power of Jesus might not always be easy to explain to everyone around us? There might be some things that God is doing that are so big in us, we don't even have words yet to describe to everyone around us what is he doing. Is that okay with you? 
Because if your mind and your religion and all the things you were taught by man start competing against the work of the Holy Spirit, it's going to be hard to really grab hold of the phrase, Jesus saves. He doesn't, Jesus doesn't want you saved and crippled. That man went walking in salvation physically and spiritually. Jesus doesn't want you saved and in pain. Jesus doesn't want you saved and hurting. Jesus doesn't want you saved and in bondage to sin. He doesn't want you saved and anxious all the time. He doesn't want you, he doesn't want you saved and always depressed. He doesn't want you saved and filled with fear. He wants you saved. He wants the salvation working power to be working on all areas of your life. And although it may be hard for us to surrender over some of those areas, he wants us to. To make space for salvation. To make space for salvation. What we want to do is we want to run our agendas, our way, our plan, have it all going like this, and then when we get into tight bind, we want God to just drop something right into our lap. We've made no margin in our schedules. We've made no margin in our time. We're spending no time seeking out what the salvation of the Lord might be that day, what the saving grace of the Lord might look like. We just wanted to just fall right into our lap. We don't want to create any space for it. But let me just tell you, the paralyzed man did not just fall through the roof into Jesus' living room floor that he was preaching in. Four friends had to make time and space to carry that man wherever they came from to that place, up the roof, lower him down, dig the hole, and then it happened. And I'm wondering, what are we doing to make space that other people might be lowered down into the presence of God by our lives? Your life should be such that you have the ability to spiritually get the rope and bring your spiritual sick friends to not even just the church, but to a place where they might encounter God. creating space. You think those guys had ever done that before? The four men? You think they had ever before brought a, a guy who couldn't walk up on a roof, dug a hole and dropped him through? They had so many excuses. They're like, no, I've never done this. The disciples, when Jesus goes back up into heaven and he says, go and therefore and make disciples of all nations, they're like, oh yeah, man, we know exactly. We've been doing that. They're like, no, we don't know what that means. The guy in scripture that, that was filled with demons and then he, he gets the demons cast out of him that goes into the pigs and the pigs run off the cliff and then he's there and he says, Jesus, Jesus, I want to follow you and the disciples. And Jesus says, no, you can't follow us. Go back into the town and tell everyone all I've done for you. What manual did he pull out to be like, okay, like page 32, how to share the gospel to everyone who hates you. Like, no, there was none. The Lord didn't pull out like chapter two of Acts, rip it and be like, here you go. Go ahead and take this. This will lead you there. All he had was his salvation. And guess what? That's all he needed. That's all he needed. We're waiting on something else. We're going to be waiting a long time. Jesus saves. And when he does, look at the scriptures and see that signs and wonders and miracles often follow. And when they don't, why don't they? Because the people there wouldn't believe. Not because he wasn't in the mood. Not because he was too weak. Not because he was too tired. Not because they were too sick. No, no, no. Because they couldn't believe. That's why it didn't happen. Read the text. That's all we know how to do is read the text. 
I can barely do that, but I can study that. We make space for salvation. We make space for miracles. We make space for God to move. We make space for the unknown. We make space for friends to come to Jesus. We make space that we might actually get set free. We make space that we might actually experience healing. We make space that we would learn to worship. We make space that we would learn for our mind to be set free. We make space for our household and for our family. We make space. Now is the time. Now is the time to find your friend and to strap him to the cot and drag him to the presence of God. He didn't have no choice. He was going. We don't know in the text if he wanted to go or didn't want to go. His friends decided he was going and therefore he was going. That's the good news because the presence of God is inside of you. And when your friends begin to interact with you, guess what? Unless you decide, they have no choice. Because the presence of God is already speaking to them. They're already in the middle of it because you're there. That's what they need. They need the Holy Spirit inside of you ministering and loving to them, loving God and loving people. They're already there. They don't need to go to church. They don't need to go up on no roof. They don't need to be strapped to no bed. They don't need to be lowered with no rope. You don't need a knife, a shovel, an axe, rope. You don't need none of it. All you need is your salvation. And with that, the presence of God can speak through you if you'll create space.